I'm Carrie Benedett, and this is my podcast, Thriving Matters, where you will find tools to revitalise you and your relationships, whether at work or in your personal life. Well, a little bit about me. I'm an education consultant specialising in emotional intelligence, and I use creative approaches that empower people with proven processes. I'm known for my high energy, passion and compassion for those in need of help. And I like to shine a spotlight on what we can do. I'm here to bring positivity, confidence and strength every day, everywhere. My mantra in life has been, let's give it a red hot shot. Well, my guest today on Thriving Matters podcast is the sensational Deb Munno from Tampa, Florida. Now, at the moment, it's uh, meant to be autumn over there, but it's a wee bit warm, just like it is in Australia. So I'm going to say good evening, Deb, because it's evening in your part of the world and morning in mine. How are you? Good morning, (laughs) Well, pretty great, except we have um, really strong uh, smoke haze for um, no bushfires in Sydney, but they're coming down uh, from Port Macquarie, where other colleagues of ours are living. But all over the world, we've got plenty of bushfires. So uh, hang on to our seats and I hope our loved ones are safe. Same thing happening here in the United States, the West Coast uh, and our colleagues in California, the brush fires and the fires have just been so bad. Mm. So you realize uh, how vulnerable all of us are, right? We're all susceptible to something here in Florida. We worry in between June 1st and November 1st because that's hurricane season. So we deal with hurricanes. Folks uh, where Jeff is from in the Midwest, the uh, tornadoes are really quite something. In the Northeast, where I'm originally from, you get snowstorms and blizzards. And in California, you get these wildfires and these earthquakes, and that repeats all over. So it's just important to, to stay safe and certainly to keep sending positive vibes to all the people who are impacted. Well, at Good Striving, um, up front and centre, how do you thrive through all these different situations? And they're, they're very fearful um, for us. So it's a, probably a nice way to start off our chat today. So thank you for being a guest for us on our Thriving Matters. And in talking to you today, I'm really thrilled because we've had time to get to know each other over the last few years, Deb, through our work with uh, Genos International and all the great work that is happening now around relational leadership in the workplace and in our teams. And, uh, you know, that word emotional intelligence is popping up everywhere in social media, in articles that we read, it's in job requirements when people are looking to fulfil particular roles. But, you know, our emotional intelligence works so well for us in our day-to-day life. And that's what we're really going to talk about. How do you thrive in your day-to-day life? And uh, a few interesting facts about Deb, uh, listeners. Would you believe that at 12 years of age, Deb was a pretty big TV star. She co-hosted a children's television show called The Trolley Show. From when I found that information out, I just sat back and looked, thought about Deb, what I know about her and went, oh, I am definitely not surprised. (laughs) What a great way to start learning about yourself and learning about other people. Oh, boy, Carrie, you're not kidding. So I'm not quite so certain. Thank you for the accolades that I was a pretty big television star. Um, It was in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and it was, you know, a localized market, but it sure felt that way sometimes. And it was just a really amazing, an amazing opportunity to be such a young person in a very grown up world. 
and um, working in television, that's an incredibly stressful environment. There are deadlines. If you do anything live, that brings a whole other element to what you're doing. And, you know, to be 12 and be in the midst of all of that was equal parts of great fun, equal parts of probably occasionally moderate terror. Interesting in terms of just the curiosity. You know, when here you are as an elementary school kid, and you know, rest assured, I had a job. You know, I mean, I signed a contract. We had work hours. If we didn't get done, we had to, and we worked late. We worked on Friday nights from 6.30 until 10.30. If we didn't do well enough and we weren't done, we had to stop, wait for the live news to happen at 11 p.m. and end at 11.30 p.m. and let them clean up the studio and go back and finish our work. So as anybody, boy, you know, I'm, I'm 52. I don't know if I could work at 1130 at night anymore, but boy, as a 12 year old, when you got a chance to stop work and sit and watch a live broadcast of a news production, it just was fascinating. It was great exposure. It was great experience. I learned a lot about people. I learned a lot about myself and it really gave me an opportunity to learn what it's like to stand in front of a room. And I had no idea at 12 how marketable and how powerful and how important that skill would become later in my life. And that's why I found it so interesting thinking, I'm a believer that, you know, the environment in which we grow up in has huge effect on the decisions we make and the changes we actually want to make to ourselves as we're maturing and uh, gaining wisdom, let's call it, not necessarily getting older. And um, I'm absolutely fascinated. And I sat back and I went, you know, what fun, what interesting pressure, and then what you would be able to observe in others. Because really, our life and our relationships is all about observing ourselves and others and what the information is that we pick up about them so we know how to interact with them to our best ability whilst maintaining some dignity for ourselves and others so this notion of thriving in life and work is really really strong yeah thanks for sharing that because I know that not a lot of people know that so now that this is a, a global podcast Deb you might have some interesting conversations with people that you know <laughs> No, thank you. I, I appreciate you asking me about that. You're right. I, I don't talk about it a lot, but it was such a valuable experience. And, you know, at the time, I uh, was also a competitive gymnast. So I started in gymnastics, excuse me, when I was six and retired at the tender age of 20. Because when you're a gymnast and you make it to the tender age of 20, that's a bit like dog years on your body. But I can remember in my television job, we were doing uh, a live broadcast and it was a huge fundraiser in our city. And it was late. This thing ran until midnight. They shut the phones down for people donating until midnight. Well, I had a gymnastics meet the next day. And so my coach, my gymnastics coach, was watching the broadcast. And he said, I was so close to just picking up the phone and calling in and saying, you need to go home. You have to get some rest. You have a big day tomorrow. Um, so again, you know, being involved in a sport where you are it, you know, there's no hiding, it's you and very much like that job I had in television. So you have to do your own part. What you bring of yourself is very visible and really impactful to the greater whole. You're part of a team and yet your teammates are operating independently from you. And I think both my sport and certainly my job my first job really taught me that. It taught me the power of needing to bring your best self every day and help your teammates bring the best version of themselves every day. I didn't 
talk about it like that when I was 12. No. But looking back on it now, 40 years later, boy, that's hard to say out loud. So I agree with you, Carrie. We're not old. We're vintage. <laughs> um, looking back on that experience 40 years ago, the lessons that I was learning and what I got to watch and what I learned about myself were just invaluable. It was great. I was just reflecting while you were talking there. So between the, the early start on TV in front of a camera and then in a team, the gymnastics team, there was a lot of action. You had to show up and deliver. And with the TV, you explained a few things there around how things were going. And under duress, in a lot of cases, for a young person late at night, that sort of thing. But the teamwork is the other element, isn't it? We're not isolates. We're human beings. We are set up, yes, as individuals, but we do want to belong to a community, a tribe. And that's one of the most important things for leadership as well. So in your work now, you lead a team. You also encourage and train teams of people, similar work to what I do as well. And that's where our gold happens, when we get to understand each other and have the skills that help us know a bit more about the other person than perhaps they may know themselves. We get to understand that and then we, we can work out how we can interact to the best of our ability. So I'm going to say to you, ask you, was there a seminal person, a leader, uh, perhaps a book that you read or an occasion that gives you such a view of life that is holistic, that is up front and centre, obviously, being a gymnast, you have a really strong um, body focus. I know you do some meditation as well, some mindfulness. So is there something that, that happened in your life or someone that you refer to or go back to that has made a difference for you that you take notice of? Boy, Carrie, there, um, that's a phenomenal uh, question and a wonderful one to ponder because it immediately makes you reflect on those people who are so powerful. And there's a whole litany of people, you know, um, it takes a, it takes a village, I think, to raise all of us everywhere in the world. And so, you know, I would start at the beginning. My parents were and are incredibly supportive and encouraging people each in their own way. You know, my mother was the supportive, uh, academic in our family. So I always knew from a very young age that school was very important and that bringing your best to the classroom and learning what you could learn was really important. I'm an only child. And so my mom was really focused on me learning fundamental things like how to share and how to listen because I didn't get that exposure of fighting over a toy or you know, having to share my bedroom or having to share them. So she was very intentionally focused on that piece of my upbringing. Um, my father is the athlete. My dad had a tryout with the Pittsburgh Pirates, which is a major league baseball team. Right after he graduated from high school, he got an offer to go to their spring training camp and he made it all the way to the last cut and got cut. So my dad was just you know, probably a couple swings shy of being a major league baseball player. Ooh. So that there were a lot of lessons there. And my dad is an athlete, brought me up as an athlete. So from him, I learned so much about winning graciously, uh, losing graciously, bringing your best independently, but bringing your best self to your entire team, lifting your teammates when they need to be lifted, encouraging your teammates, celebrating their victories, no matter whether you've had one or not. So I had that good fortune of such a, a well-rounded solid base. Mm. 
I had a coach in my early years in gymnastics who uh, formed so much of my expectations of myself. And that wasn't just around athletics because she certainly did that. She and my dad, they didn't coach me together, but they coached me simultaneously. She in the gym and he at home. But she also was really concerned about academics. And so we would have to take our report cards into her at the end of every reporting period. And I may be a lot of things, but a math whiz is not one of them, Carrie. And so I struggled mightily when I got into high school and into geometry and got my report card for the first, this was my freshman year of high school, for the first reporting period. And I had all A's and a B in geometry. And let me tell you, that B stood for beautiful because I was so excited that I, <laughs> that I made it to that point and got a B. And so, you know, as a team, we stood up in line and you had to one by one go in and talk to her. So I went in and I handed her this report card that I was really, you know, kind of quite proud of. And she looked at it and she looked at me and she looked back at it and she looked at me and she said to me, how close is this B to an A? And I will never forget that. I was 14 years old. So that was a mighty long time ago. And I'll never forget that moment because I was celebrating that B. And what I heard her say to me is that B could be an A and let's work on it. So she also formed so much of my life. Um, the two bosses that I had when I worked on that television show who were opposite of one another. I learned so much from each of those people because I was a kid working in an adult world and I didn't matter that I was 12. There were adult expectations on me, not only in the workplace, but contractually. So, you know, again, you learn how to stretch yourself and how to push your limits and how good that feels when you do it and how good it feels when you're encouraged to do it and you get to do that with others. So there's this, as you're asking me this, I haven't thought about this in such a long time, but all <laughs> along the way, you know, there are these pivotal people. My first job was public speaking. That was incredibly pivotal. In my first business that I started, I had this fabulous opportunity to meet a guy called Derek McCann. And Derek has known Jeff and I and we him for 20 years. So I learned so much from Derek in that first business that was all around hiring assessments. And as the universe lays out for you, it was Derek McCann who later introduced us to Genos International. And that became a pivotal moment. So I would say to you, that in my adult life, he is one of our most trusted advisors, one of the most talented, humble human beings who I know. But he, you know, I'll take the Genos tagline that's game-changing for business and life-changing for people. Derek changed the face of our business and changed our lives by inviting us into the Genos community. And were it not for him, you and I wouldn't be having this lovely chat that we're having this evening and this morning. So... Thank you for allowing me to take that little journey down my own memory lane that really overlaps how we thrive personally and professionally. And there really is no difference. One feeds the other. And whether that's a positive feeding or a negative feeding, they each feed the other. And so it becomes incumbent upon us to, to really take a hold of our emotions, to take hold of our spirit, to take hold of our talents, to hone our skills. And feed those things positively because when we feed ourselves positively in that way, we can feed the world around us positively. And at the end of the day, boy, that's what matters. And that you've just summed that up so beautifully because it's all about humanness, isn't it? Everything we do is about humanness. 
I loved your timeline. Well done. What a great visit backwards to go forwards. And we are often rely on what has come before. And that fuels our expectations. It fuels our assumptions and our perceptions about things. And sometimes it blocks us. But in being able to see that glass half full instead of glass half empty, that thing we can look on and go, yes, I can get through this new issue. Yes, I have a new challenge this way. How was it? What did I do way back when? How did I manage it then? And what do I need to do differently this time? And you trust yourself. But you know, Deb, in all that I heard you talk about, this word action keeps coming up for me. Because in all that you talked about for your career, action has been involved, whether it's been action between people, action within your own body, your own mind, and the, the discipline that you learn to develop around that, action between thinking through what your coaches were able to suggest to you, push you to do, encourage you to do, and it's all that energy around action. So that's what's just come up for me as I've been listening to you, because in all that you've listened, you've got the great skills of listening and observing, and also the interpersonal skills of being able to have the conversation and, and talk through different things. Yeah. I tell you, you, you bring up such good points too, Carrie, because that reflection to your past is indeed that, you know, where did we win? Where did we lose? Where did we succeed? Where did we fail? So many people will say this and I too will echo it. We learn the most when we fall flat on our face. <laughs> and let me tell you, as a gymnast, I fell flat on my face multiple times, um, both literally and physically, you know, in a gym with only a handful of people and certainly in front of a lot of people. I have <laughs> stumbled in that brief television career and that happens in front of a lot of people and so it's those what we call failures that are really the opportunity to learn because that's when you have to dig down right so yeah. that's when you learn things about resilience and that's when you learn things about being empathetic you know we, we can all get stuck in how we feel about it but how did that impact other people and how do they see it so that past reflection is really important. What I've continued to learn as I progress through this fabulous life is that it is really important to do that, but to also be in the present because that's all we have. You know, the past has already happened and we can learn from it and that's important. And I love that you talked about action because I am kind of an action oriented gal. I like to tie <laughs> something to everything and what are we going to do about that? You know, I, I'm the, whether it's a big or small thing, what are we going to do about that? And so the fact that we have the capacity to think about the future makes somebody like me really happy because I can think about what are we going to do about that? What's that going to look like? And what's the first step that we take and what's that plan? But the reality is, and I think what being involved with Genos and my meditation and mindfulness practices is teaching me that I was woefully lacking until I encountered it with Genos is to have deep gratitude for today. You talked about community, and I think you're the first person who ever said to me that we're in the Genos tribe. And <laughs> I, I felt so touched that you put me into that tribe. We were just new to Genos, and it was that first meeting, and you immediately were 150% inclusive. And I thought, boy, I, I belong to a new tribe. And just the deep gratitude for you doing that and for what we have, all of us, what we have in the moment is incredibly powerful. So I thank you for doing thank you. that. <laughs> That's lovely. And, thank you. Yeah, that was an important moment for us. And so it's really important that we pause every day because no matter what is ailing us or no matter what's worrying us, 
there is someone somewhere who is ailing worse and suffering worse. And so Absolutely. that pause gives us a chance to be grateful for what we do have. Mm. Um, and I think simultaneously to send out some positive vibrations out to those folks who, who don't have don't. what we have. Yeah, that, that's right. I've thoroughly enjoyed your journey and your sharing of your story. Deb, in talking to you today, I just want to ask you, do you have a favorite catchphrase or a, um, something like a mantra or a quote that you hear yourself using fairly regularly? I heard a couple as we were talking, but I'm just going to put it over to you. So it's funny that you say that, Carrie, because I do, but I don't think that I've said any of them while I've been talking to you. So I'm really curious to hear Okay. What, what you heard me say, so I can learn from that. Um, I'll tell you a phrase that I really feel was a bit altering for me, and I mentioned him earlier. It's a phrase that Derek McCann shared with me, and it was so impactful for me that I began immediately using it as the signature on my email. So every person with whom I interact, they get this phrase. It is not in English. Um, which is part of the allure. It's uh, an Italian phrase. And I thank the Italians from the bottom of my heart for their lovely wine and their lovely food. Um, and I'll also thank them for this phrase. And that phrase is ancora imparo. And that mostly translates to, I am always learning. And I think that curiosity is really good food for we human beings. I think that when our brains are seeking to learn more or adapt differently, or bounce back better, or embrace an alternate point of view, or learn about a culture with whom we've never interacted. I think when we are curious, we ourselves grow. That's food for us. And that's food for our heart and food for our soul and food for our brain. So that phrase, Ancora Imparo, as a signature sign off on an email, is my way to communicate, look, I am far from completely knowledgeable. Every day I learn something new or I strive to learn something new. And then I want to learn something new about the person with whom I'm communicating. Um, mm. It's attributed to two gentlemen who I greatly admire. So I don't mind putting myself in their company if I can do that just for this one little sentence. And it's Leonardo da Vinci and Michelangelo. Yes. Um, and so if these gentlemen and their later years can use phrases that I am always learning, then certainly I should always be learning. So I would say that that's a mantra for me. I don't know that I often say it out loud. So thank you for giving me the chance to do that. But I do engage with it because I tend to communicate a lot with a lot of people every day. So let me reverse those roles because you've been asking me wonderful questions about me. You said you heard something. I'm wondering what I can encora imparo from what you heard. Well, it fits. I heard you say, and what are we going to do about that? Mm. What's the first step? So it actually fits. There's two. So I think quote number one and quote number two, the, the two that I heard you say, well, we're both there. And that fits very well with your mantra. And when I receive your emails, I get your message. So mm -hmm. thank you very much. <laughs> I, think well, I thank you very much, Carrie. And this podcast has been so fun and it's always lovely to talk to you. And I appreciate you inviting me to be part of this. And so let me ask you a question if I can, before we close, you're working on this fabulous Thriving Matters. You are now a global podcast. So do you have next steps for you? What are we going to do about this? Next steps for me? Well, yeah. I have more interviews to do. Next steps for me are, um, there's a story to be told many others that we know who I believe are ordinary people. 
we are people, yep. but doing some extraordinary things. And I think they're the stories we need to share. So that's my next step is to get that story of the world shared more globally around the world. And how we go about doing that will mean that I involve people like you. You are my tribe. So we will be telling the story together. It's not just about Carrie. It's all about everybody else. So I wanted to continue to love doing what I love in the service of others who love what I do. That's a pretty doggone good next step, Carrie. I love it. <laughs> Thanks, Deb. Now, listeners, what's your call to action going to be after listening to Deb and my conversation today? A couple of points that have come up for me are around curiosity. What is it that you're curious about that you haven't delved into? Why not give it a red hot shot? What will you be grateful for today? And how could you express your gratitude to those around you? And in particular, those who may never receive any message of gratitude for the work they do or the person that they are. Deb's talked a lot about action today, and I love that. It's action stations. Doesn't matter, there's no judgment here on what you do, but just get up. There is something in the movement of us in being even able to put a pair of shoes on and walk outside of four walls to breathe in a different lot of air that gives you energy and a different perspective to see the world. You have so much to contribute. So Deb, if uh, people would like to contact you, what would be your best contact details? Absolutely. Well, how about an email? Because that's easily global. And so that email is Debbie, D-E-B-B-I-E, at the E-I Academy, T-H-E-E-I-A-C-A-D-E-M-Y.com. Debbie at the E-I Academy.com. And rest assured, I will reply to you and you will see Ancora Imparo at the bottom of that email. <laughs> Thank you. And if you'd like to know more about what I do as a leadership coach, then visit carriebenedette.com. And most importantly, don't forget to like and follow the Thriving Matters podcast. We always love a thumbs up. It's greatly appreciated. So don't forget, give it a red hot shot because your thriving matters. <laughs> <laughs>